very pleased to see you all here. And, uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, thank uh, Stephen Fisher for, for, for uh, inviting me here to the beautiful University of Oxford. Uh, for me, that's, a, that's a, somehow a dream come true. Um, uh, today's workshop is about teaching statistics to social science students. And uh, as Steve already mentioned, it's about um, uh, teaching mixed ability and less enthusiastic students. As I first learned about the title, I thought, oh, that's typical British. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we Dutch, we are a little bit more bluntly. I, I, I suggest not, we, we say something like they hate statistics or they dislike statistics. But uh, maybe we can um, discuss that uh, later on. Um, when I was preparing myself for this uh, workshop, uh, it, uh, I remembered that someone uh, from anthropology, a student from anthropology, first year student, uh, she said uh, to me after I, I, I uh, she did a lecture, she said to me, well, trying to teach me statistics, that's like uh, uh, fitting the square peg into a round hole. And I, I, I'm not sure whether that saying is, what, is still popular uh, around here. I'm, I'm not a native speaker, but uh, uh, I, I like the saying, and uh, I, I, I used it as a sort of guideline for my presentation today. Um, well, I, Steve introduced me, uh, and he pronounced my uh, last name very well. Uh, but, uh, in Dutch, it is Manfred to Hosenhaus. Um, Manfred would be uh, my first name. And, I thought, well, any famous Memphis around there? I don't think so. There's, there's one in, from Germany, but it's from the First World War. Uh, it's, it was called the Red Baron. His first name was Memphis. And, and we have the Memphis Memphis band. But that, 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 that was a rock band way back in the 60s. So <laughs> that is as far as it goes. So I think it's a very, very popular name. Uh, okay. um, when I'm uh, from the Radboud University in Nijmegen, that's a Dutch uh, uh, university uh, in my, um, uh, well, I choose this in university, as Steve said, it was the nearest university available. <laughs> um, okay, uh, before I, I continue with talking about how to teach statistics, I, I would like to say something about my own educational career because it's a little bit, it, 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 it's a little bit odd career I, uh, I had. And I think it's, uh, it, it is important for this workshop that you know a little bit about my background because I, I, I do come from out of the system and I have the idea that you come from out of the system, system you, you look at things in a different way. So that, that's why I bring it up on, on here. Um, I, I don't know how it is for the UK, but the elementary school in, in the Netherlands runs from when you're age six to age 12. Everybody uh, does it, it's, there's no uh, segregation whatsoever. Um, then, uh, uh, after, when, when you are 12, you, you, you get the first uh, decision to make. Um, uh, the one path leads to more technical schools, and the other one leads eventually to university. Well, I, I was a, part, a really slow student, so I, my, 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 my um, parents decided that I should attain lower secondary school, which is between 12 and 16. Um, and uh, over time, I developed a little interest in technical stuff. I was repairing radios and stuff like that. So my father said, well, you have to become an electronic engineer. So I went to vocational school uh, between the age of 16 and 19. Um, after that, I, um, I was uh, trained in uh, electronic engineering. And I worked for about uh, two uh, uh, years in a, in a very large factory. In fact, I uh, brought with me the toolbox, which was attached uh, to the bike I had way back then. It was a very large factory, so when the machine broke down, I had to fetch the bike and get the toolbox, and uh, I went off uh, trying to, uh, to repair it. That, that, that's what I did for the, for the, for the coming two years. Yeah, I wasn't quite satisfied with the little work I was doing, so uh, I decided to, uh, to go to, uh, to, to college again. Uh, after these two years, and then someone said to me, well, it's 
quite whimsical. Someone said to me, I think uh, you should be on university instead. So at the age of 23, I entered university. And that's the, the way I, I came there was quite awkward. I think there are not many students that follow that path. And it's not possible anymore. They don't make restrictions to that. So, um, uh, then I, I graduated in, uh, in 1994, and uh, people invited me to, to write a thesis. And this thesis was a mix of statistics, uh, because I, I had this technical background in sociology, which I was really interested in. And I, I did that at the age of 27. Uh, then, uh, when I finished my PhD, age of 32, I uh, got a job as a junior lecturer on statistics, and I did so ever since. Uh, so that, that is more or less my own educational career. Um, and when I, I, I started as a junior lecturer, um, there was a, a senior lecturer. I, I know how it is for the UK, but uh, when you get trained in lecturing, you get a senior uh, lecturer, with, and, and he, he will train you on how to teach statistics. So, uh, and, and that senior um, lecturer in statistics, he did it for over 40 years, was well trained, he was very eloquent, and uh, he, he was, I, I called him the king of the blackboard, because when he started uh, uh, somewhere in the, in the upper uh, left corner, he knew that within two hours he would be on the, on the right lower corner, and <laughs> very neatly down, and uh, <laughs> when, when you take a look at my blackboard, it's just chaotic. <laughs> Okay, so um, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my first two years as a lecturer, uh, because you know I was just following that senior uh, lecturer, and I was trying to, to more or less to copy what he did, because you know he he, he explained things very well, and I, I wanted to be like him. Um, way back then, we used a book called Statistics, very intriguing title, um, from the play Dietrich and Sinkage. I, I think the book is still uh, available. And then we used the sixth or seventh edition. Uh, on, on, we have on the front cover some uh, some jazz uh, musicians. I don't know why. I, in my own books, I have to say they, they, they pick cover pictures that have nothing to do with the book itself. <laughs> I, I don't know what what, what reason that uh, you could have. Uh, I, I think it's a good book. Uh, it, it covers statistics very well. It's clearly written. Uh, it's a little bit technical. Uh, it, it's, it, it is in English, which poses a problem for our Dutch students. I will tell you a little bit about it more uh, later on. Uh, and it has rather crowded pages. And I think for students with mixed abilities, this isn't really the book. But we have we have to use it. Um, um, my students, they come from sociology, anthropology, uh, communication science, and uh, well, just put it plainly, they, they, they do not like statistics very much. In fact, they hate it. <laughs> and so when they, when they come over to my lectures, they, they think their heads will be chopped up or something like that. Um, way back, and I'm talking about 15 years ago, um, we did not use SPSS during the exams. Uh, they, they used a small calculator instead. Uh, so there was no relationship with statistical packages, whatever. Uh, as a result, maybe we, 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 were, we, do, we were doing rather poor. We had about 40 to 50 percent that passed the test. Um, and I think that was one of the reasons uh, when the dean said this cannot continue anymore. Uh, for me, uh, the blow came from a student in anthropology, and she said to me, well, the way you explain uh, something like guy square, you do it pretty well. I said, thank you very much. But then the blow came, she said, well, I might be able to calculate it uh, if, I, if I study real hard, but I, I have no clue what it, what it means to my own uh, field of research. And I, I have no clue how to use it. And for me, that was, that was something, you know, that, that can be 
can be very tough on, on someone, on a lecturer, on a, on a junior lecturer. <laughs> uh, so I, I really was shocked and I said, okay, I, I, I do think we're doing it all wrong. And then um, the dean also said that uh, uh, you know, these, these uh, figures we pass in the test are no good and uh, something has to be changed. So what went wrong actually? Well, I think the, the, the first thing that went wrong that I think we did everything that lived up to their expectations. Uh, uh, we, they expected something very difficult with formulas and calculations, so we did. And uh, they expected that it was going to be difficult, hard to understand, and uh, hardly would have any connection to their own field. Well, we did. And uh, there, was, there was theory on statistics, and there were no practical tools. Like I said, we used this calculator for computing something like chi-square, which is not very uh, difficult, but for them it, it, it was. Um, and, and they had no idea why, why they had to use that calculator for, 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 um, for their own research. So I, I guess using the calculator was, was not completely wrong, but uh, it was way off the mark. So I think that was my analysis way back then. I, I had to go back 15 years and I didn't keep track of all the changes. I, I just changed it as, as I went along. Um, but when I was recalling it, I think that, that were the main problems way back then. So, uh, well, if we take these students as square pegs, then what do we have to do? Do we have to use the hammer? Well, I, I do not think that that is a wise decision. So I was looking for a solution way back in, uh, in 2000, and I, and I said to myself, well, what kind of students do we teach statistics uh, to? And uh, what do they have to know, actually? And uh, third, what do they have to be capable of? So we have three things. We, I, I had to... To, to, to look at it. these students, what, what, what are they actually doing? They are doing anthropology, they are doing sociology or communication science. Is it something familiar with communication science? It's a rather odd field. I, well, no, it's not a rather odd field. But it, it has something to do with uh, the, the impact of television on people. That's what we call communication science. Um, then the, the second one is what, what do they have, what, what have they to, to know? Do they have to know the formulas or is it something else? And uh, the, the practical side was ignored very much, I guess. Uh, people could do these calculations with their small calculator, but that wasn't really the issue. And I think uh, a statistical program like SPSS, which is rather popular in the Netherlands, I, um, I think that, that was the program to be incorporated uh, in, in these lectures as well. So what were the, um, the basic uh, things for the solution? Well then, uh, not trying to use the hammer, but uh, adapter holes. Uh, I, on my basis of my two years lecturing as, as a junior, I reworked uh, the courses on statistics. So I, I started using examples that fall into their fields of interest. Well, nowadays we say, yeah, that's, that's quite logical, but way back then it wasn't. They, uh, they were talking about, I remember that, uh, that my senior uh, lecturer um, um, had this example of uh, bottles of wine. And there was a large uh, sample of bottles of wine, and each uh, contained two liters of wine. And there was variation in these um, bottles of wine. And people had to test whether, it, uh, uh, whether this, uh, these bottles had two liters on average or not. That, that was one of his famous examples. And uh, I don't think that was really a good example, because it was far away from anything that, that was taught in, in other uh, courses. So what I did, I, I, I um, 
I went into the field of anthropology, and I noticed that uh, anthropology is a qualitative uh, field of interest, I guess, but there is also quantitative data available. But I, I think when I Googled it, it turned out to be about 15% is a quantitative. And the dean, uh, she wanted that uh, these students in anthropology were also qualified in statistics. I mean, you can completely refrain from that, but when you when they go to into the, into the labor market, they do face a problem because they can't, they cannot be all anthropologists. In the Netherlands, we are, uh, for my department, we have about 100 students that graduate, so we have 100 anthropologists, but there's simply no work for them. So the dean said, wouldn't it be wise to give them also a statistical <coughs> knowledge of testing hypothesis and stuff like that? So that was the main reason that statistics came in 20 years ago. Right. Sorry, I, I should have mentioned that before. Um, so I, I came with this example of aboriginals. Maybe you know that aboriginals, are, when we take a look at income distribution and calorie intake, they're, they're a lot different from, uh, from the white population. So if you start out, not with, with bottles of wine, but if you start out with, well, I, I, I heard about this research done on, on aboriginals, and I have some figures for you, then you caught their attention. Just before any formulas or whatever, uh, uh, comes along. Uh, about communication science, I found some studies about watching TV, t t television, what it does to you. And uh, I, I talk about life expectancy way back in, in 1899. That's sociology, that's more or less my department. So I will give you, uh, in a few minutes' time, I will give you an example about life expectancy. Not, not so much about the content itself, but about the way uh, I present it to these students. Uh, the, the students, like Steve already said, they are very mixed in ability. Some are very bright, and uh, uh, they, they eventually turn into PhD students in our research master. Uh, maybe they are some, somehow comparable with the Oxford students, if I uh, may say so. Uh, but there are also students that, that cannot calculate something like a mean. They do not know how to do that. So yeah, my, my purpose for all the lectures is that I start out with nothing. Uh, I, I, when, when, I, uh, when I start my first lecture, I say, okay, uh, I heard that you all hate statistics, and uh, maybe that's true. Um, and uh, then I, I talk about how to, to calculate a mean, and it's difficult for these students, and more, well, they go, okay, uh, maybe it's not that tough. Um, so I, I assume actually nothing. Um, that, that, that is a, a, a bit of a drawback for the brilliant student who, who thinks that, uh, okay, yeah, go on with it. Uh, but for the, the students who are, you know, the, the majority of the students find it very interesting that I just come up with an example where I say, okay, this is the way how, how to calculate a mean. Okay, well, these themes, like I said, they are, they are taken from courses they already have been taken or, or, or future courses. Uh, and what I did, I, I, I went for this, uh, this real research and I, I took the data, I downloaded the data and I used it in SPSS. SPSS is, uh, I think, one of the most popular uh, statistical programs and uh, quite easy to use when you are a first grade student. Um, and I talked about the output SPSS produces and also about the way to obtain these, uh, this output. we talk about that later. So th there was more a, a connection between their, their field of, of interest in the first place and there was also a connection between a statistical package that they more or less could easily master I think Eddie Fulco will talk about that uh, after the lunch. His book is about, I think, exactly the combination between these two. Um, 
I also would rework the assignments and the exams. They, they were no longer about bottles of wine or anything. I just took real uh, life examples from their own field of interest. Uh, and I invited them to analyze, to reanalyze the, 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 the data and to interpret the data and to write about it. I, I think the last thing is also important. They're not just reproducing figures or anything. No, they have to, to write it down that, like an, another anthropologist which is, who is not into statistics can, can understand what, 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 what they had analyzed. And that's, that's, I mean, that is something that has to be taught as well. Uh, then, uh, especially for the first graders, I decided to, that attaining classes and the weekly assignments are compulsory. Uh, that, that, that sounds a little bit, you know, like old school stuff, like you have to do it otherwise. But, uh, um, if you don't do it, well, at least in my department, if I let go of the compulsory uh, aspect, then they don't show up, or they, they do nothing with their assignments. And now my whole uh, 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 castle of, of assignments and, 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 and lecture and knowledge, it just crumbles and uh, they, they won't pass the test. I noticed that uh, students who always, I'm, I'm not that, that uh, uh, it's not saying that compulsory means that they have to be uh, attending class every hour and every day. I mean, you can sit or there can be anything. Uh, that, that's no problem. But on average, I want them in, in my classes and I want these assignments um, uh, that they, they're actually uh, working on that. Because I noticed that uh, the, the students who are uh, attaining my classes on a regular basis, and they do the weekly assignments on a regular basis, they will pass the test. Um, and those who don't, they will not pass the test. So I think, uh, especially in the first uh, year of, of, the um, of the study, com uh, compulsory classes and weekly assignments is very useful. Uh, the example uh, I changed also, it's not about statistical theory as such, it's, it's about statistical theory and the practical skills. I test them both. So they get some uh, problem on their hands, like, well, there, there is someone from anthropology who brought along this data about aboriginals, and he wants to know whether there is a difference between aboriginals and the, and, uh, and the white population when it comes to calorie intake. And these are, and these are the data. So. Can you please provide this person with the right statistical information? Um, so that's what I what I changed over the years, and I, I, I you know, over the years I, I tried some things and I found that some things didn't work and some did work. But what you see over here is is uh, well, the way I do it nowadays, and uh, the percentage that that passes the test is about ninety five percent nowadays. And I think the, the statistical knowledge and the way to, to, to produce, the, the, to produce the, the, the results and, and the understanding of statistics has improved. Um, oh, I can talk for hours about it, but I, I think it's wise to just give you one example about one of the most basic uh, uh, things in statistical knowledge, and that is the central limit theorem. Uh, I don't know if some of you are not in, uh, I don't know if everybody knows the central limit theorem, but that's irrelevant. I'll just show it to you, and maybe you can step in the shoes of an anthropologist who knows nothing about this whole idea. And well, let's see what what it where it takes us. To have the students' attention, we're talking about sociologists now, and one of the the things that they learn in classes is something about demography. 
And uh, one thing I, I picked up from uh, the Central Bureau of, Bureau of Statistics in the Netherlands is a beautiful data set uh, from census data. Uh, every Dutchman had to fill in a form way back in 1899, and it, it leaves us about uh, 5.5 million cases. So I have the information of 5.5 uh, Dutch uh, people way back in 1899. Um, it's all uh, in a di digital file nowadays, so I could download it and uh, I could pre uh, 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 present it to my students. Excuse me. And this is how it looks like. And I also train them to, to come up with this uh, so-called history. And what you see here, and I hope I, I'll, I'll have their attention, that the whole age distribution way back then is completely different from what we know now. It's a sort of triangle. Many people uh, were born, uh, but uh, as you can see, there is almost a triangle uh, where the, 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 the number of people who get older are, are diminishing very fast. And I think there were uh, 10 people who reached 90 way back then. I also talk a little bit about um, uh, things like here. There is a uh, sort of dip in the, in the age distribution. And it, um, the, the, at that time, when these people were born, there was potato disease. Uh, there was the, the time when people from Ireland uh, went over to America and it also hit uh, the Netherlands. So that, 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 those people were a little bit weaker uh, on the average than the others. And that explains the dip uh, uh, in the triangle. Uh, so that's just to, to have the students' attention. So what, what I do next is I, I introduce something like the mean. For some people, for some students, uh, they don't know anymore what the mean is. They somehow in school they, 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 they taught them, but they just forgot or they, they don't, do not know exactly what it was. Um, so the, the mean age is uh, 27.1, which is kind of low. It just rapidly, uh, rapidly increased over the years. And then I have to, to introduce something that, that finds students very difficult, and that's the standard error. Uh, of this uh, the distribution or standard deviation is 20.6 years, meaning that on average uh, a Dutchman is 26, uh, 20.6 years away from the average. That's the way I explain something like standard deviation or standard error. Uh, then uh, the interesting part comes in, I hope. Um, uh, it was a couple of years ago when some of our uh, Dutch uh, people were kind of successful on playing darts. I mean, you remember the embassy of this guy, Raymond from Bonham, who was doing pretty well. So I thought, okay, maybe I can introduce playing darts to, uh, to something like the central hemisphere. So I said to my students, okay, uh, let's, let's assume that you've got uh, 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 a, a couple of darts and just throw them at, uh, at this age distribution. Uh, well, there it goes. So students look at it and say, okay, yeah, well, uh, throwing darts at this, uh, at this histogram, okay. And it's blindfolded. So they don't know exactly what they, what they are hitting. Uh, and that's where I, I explain a random sample, because that is what it is. People do not know exactly what people they pick from the histogram. They just play blind, uh, they, they throw blindfolded darts at this histogram. Then I say to them, well, uh, if every dart just picks one person, uh, can you tell me something about the distribution that, look, that, uh, that comes out of, 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 of throwing these, say, 100 darts uh, uh, in, in this histogram? But it may come as no surprise that many students uh, have, have a notion about it and say, well, it should look something like, like, like the triangle you just showed us. Well, that, that's an important notion for them, meaning that if you take a sample out of a population, then the distribution of that particular variable will, very, will be very much similar to the um, distribution in the population. So that's the way I, I, I teach them, uh, and I, I just put some text around it that they understand. 
and, I, and, and then I showed them that the mean age of that particular uh, sam a sample of that uh, drawing these dots is, is uh, about 27.8, which is not um, exactly the mean age of the population. So there is also already the notion that if you take a sample, then the mean age or any other parameter uh, will be not equal to the population parameters. And then we, we take a twist, which, which normally students find very difficult, because I, I say to them, okay, you already, you, 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 uh, you had these 100 dots and you threw them at, at the histogram. But suppose that every, each of you had these 100 dots and you would throw them at them and we would calculate a mean. Now, how would the distribution look like? Well, uh, I find it also very surprising that there are many students who say, well, they don't say that there, that there, that there will be a normal distribution, but they have a very strong feeling that a very extreme values will not, um, will not come up. And, th and that's the whole notion of the central limit theorem, which claims that if you take a, a random sample and you do it pretty um, many times, then the, the, the distribution that, that comes out of it is a normal distribution. So they have sort of played these dots, they have a feeling about how, how it works. And uh, I, I programmed it all in SPSS so they, they can um, uh, practice and, and, and find out themselves how it works. And I have some technical information about the standard deviation or the standard error in this distribution. And then, then for the very first time, we have a short formula saying that you can calculate um, the standard error in this distribution from the standard deviation in the population divided by the square root of the sample size. That's, that's the first time a, a formula comes in, but I, uh, I, I never ask them uh, during exams about the exact uh, um, uh, calculation that there is something SPSS uh, does for them. Okay, well, then when, when you have this notion about, okay, when we do a lot of samples, then uh, something like a mean will have this sort of normal distribution, then we can uh, introduce something that, uh, uh, that is uh, called uh, the 90% the, the confidence interval. I can show them that if we take some boundaries to the left and to the right, uh, that we can tell how many uh, samples are within these boundaries and how many samples are without, uh, um, are out of the, uh, of the two boundaries. And that's what's called the 90% um, uh, confidence interval. I, I do not pay that much attention to the confidence interval because there is something that I think is more important. Um, because students ask me all the time, yeah, why is it then that we calculate these uh, um, uh, confidence intervals? Well, the thing is, and this is one of the, of the, uh, of the major uh, things that we learn our students during their uh, career at our university, that we, that we test hypotheses. Um, and we use, to test hypotheses, we use something like a probability and an alpha. So uh, I think that is more important than showing them all kinds of confidence intervals. Uh, I start out with a research hypothesis that says that in 1930, so about 30 years later, uh, the mean age has risen compared to 19, uh, 1899, uh, which is uh, a research uh, hypothesis that can be tested uh, against the null hypothesis that says that the mean age did not rise. So I just introduced this, this whole idea about the research hypothesis and the null hypothesis by um, something that, that relates to the um, uh, things they read about demography. And then I come up with the normal distribution once more, and I say, okay, 
um, outside this 90% uh, uh, confidence interval, we can come up with something that's called a rejection area. And if your uh, result, your sample falls with, uh, within that rejection area, then it, it, it supports our research hypothesis, and it, it doesn't support a null hypothesis. That's basically it. Um, so that's it in, in plain words over here. So with this example, from, from throwing the dots to a population data, normally there are many books that don't start out with any population data, which I think is, uh, is a pity because uh, all this stuff around the central limit theorem uh, is about a population where we take samples from. And I was lucky that I could find something uh, uh, that, that was real population data. Um, so this is uh, basically the example I, I, I use for them to, to explain something like the central limit theorem, which, uh, yeah, by, by, it's a very difficult uh, concept for them to grasp, I know from experience. But I have a feeling when I start out with this histogram of the population data and throw in the dots, then some students come to me and say, is it really that simple? And I, I think that, that, that is the best thing you can hear from students with mixed ability, they think, okay, uh, I kind of believe that it is really that simple. And I say, yeah, well, I'm sorry, but it is that simple. <laughs> okay, well, the, the whole idea about the central limit theorem and, and the other examples uh, I uh, put into a book called Statistical Tools. Uh, it's just uh, all my lecturing experience in a, in a rather small book, actually. Uh, what I did is uh, I, I put on a web page as well with, with, with all the data I could uh, lay my hands on and uh, with the SPSS uh, uh, syntax and menu uh, stuff also. This, it's a, re a relatively small book with, with a large web page attached to it with all kinds of stuff. That's uh, the book I rework with. Um, uh, especially for the anthropologists and sociologists when they are in the, in the first grade. In second grade, you turn over to the book by any field mention. If you are interested, the, the, the web pages can be found over here. Um, well, there is always this discussion when you are using SPSS whether you should, you should use the syntax or use the menus. I don't know if you are acquainted with the program, but uh, this program is rather user friendly because it has these menus where you can just, with a mouse click, you can, uh, you can um, uh, get to the results. There is also another possibility, and that's the syntax. The, the things that are behind the menus, you can uh, type in uh, yourself. So this is just an example of how to uh, produce the uh, distribution of age, the population distribution I just showed you. You, you just can type in the following um, uh, text and uh, SPSS will produce uh, this, uh, this histogram of the population of the Dutch people in, back in 1899. Um, I put it all in, uh, in a book called How to Use SPSS Syntax. Uh, I brought it along with me, it only has a different uh, cover because they, uh, at Sage, thought it would be uh, the best cover available. I didn't agree, but <laughs> I had nothing to say in it. <laughs> At least it is a dark picture, and uh, uh, I wrote it when it was dark, so it was written to, uh, uh, I don't know if you are acquainted with the SPSS manual, it's a 2,000 page book, it's, it's awful, 
you cannot read it. And I, I thought, okay, uh, just for an introduction, uh, uh, I, I wrote this book, which is very, uh, very low standard. There's, there's no uh, assumptions involved about any knowledge. Of, uh, so uh, second grade students are, uh, they, they, they learn pretty fast. Um, Another example I brought with me is uh, a testing of hypothesis. So I, I just showed you how the students can produce that particular histogram with, with the population data in it. Uh, and I brought along some, uh, an example of how to test uh, the number of kids in the Netherlands. That's another thing from demography. In the Netherlands, uh, uh, the number of children for a married couple on the average is below two. That means that uh, the Dutch people are uh, diminishing. Um, um, and we, we wanted to test that. So here is the actual t-test. Uh, they had to uh, um, put in this text in SPSS, the syntax rule about the t-test. And the null hypothesis says that uh, the number of kids for a married couple on average is two. Well, we have the idea that it is below uh, two. And uh, they just test it, and uh, here it is, here's the mean difference. So in the sample, um, the, the average number of kids in the Netherlands is way below. Uh, the, the number two, and uh, we have to test it whether that is uh, uh, significant. So we have to come up with a p-value, and that is what I trained them to do. So it's not about any formula or something; it's about how to uh, uh, to perform this t-test and uh, how to interpret the, 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 out, the, the outcomes of SPSS correctly. And they have to write about the, uh, about it in the say. So they have to come up with some theory that says that the number of kids is diminishing in the Netherlands, uh, the number of kids per married couple. And uh, they have to come up with some theory that says so. And then they have to uh, perform the test, knowing that there is a central linear theory behind it, and knowing that they have to look for the p-value and compare it to some kind of criteria. That's the whole idea. And then they have to write it and say that it says, okay, I tested these, 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 uh, this hypothesis. And they have to write uh, some sort of text that, that is uh, readable for anyone with, with no statistical knowledge. That's more or less the, uh, uh, the assignment. For this uh, um, well, like I said, there is always a discussion when you are dealing with SPSS whether you should use the syntax or should choose the menus. Uh, when I, I was preparing myself for this presentation, I just uh, got uh, the, the new cover for the English book. I only uh, had the, the, uh, the Dutch book, but there is a translation on its way, uh, which is called SPSS Basics. And in that book, a 100-page book. Uh, is about using the menus because I, I found that if you are introducing the syntax in the first in, in the first grade, uh, then then it, it might be it, it might go wrong. So for these mixability students, uh, I use the menus as a as a sort of start, and then after one year or two, then I, I move over to the syntax. Uh, I, I give you an example of how it is uh, uh, how it is put on the, in, in this book about uh, using the menus. I, I just uh, I use all kinds of screenshots, uh, and uh, I uh, I have these boxes around it saying that okay, if you like to produce this screenshot, do this and do that, and if you press the buttons, then uh, uh, at the end you will you will get actually the output, and I, I put the output also in the book, so it's sort of what you see is what you get. Um, uh, approach. And this works pretty fine for anthropologists, the, the, the first grade anthropologists who know nothing about statistical packages and so on. This, this works pretty fine. Um, the only, uh, well, they, they sometimes complain about that they do not know exactly what, what, what kind of buttons they're actually pushing. But that, that is something that returns when I, when I lecture about t-testing, then, then it all comes together. 
So I, I some, sort of just took it a little bit apart from it. This, this is really just um, um, uh, learning how to push SPSS buttons, so to say. Okay, then uh, very shortly, uh, the weekly assignments. This is just one example I, uh, I brought with me, uh, which can be found on the web pages. It's very, very uh, um, uh, low level. Uh, I just asked him, this is the very first uh, assignment they, they got. Uh, it's just about downloading the data. And uh, I only asked them uh, over here, um, let's see. And then the first question is, how many units of analysis are actually stored in that particular data file? So they are forced to, to open the data file and take a look at all the rows because uh, something like a data matrix is completely new to them. So you have to keep that in mind. Uh, and then I asked them how many men and women are in the file and so it builds up to actually, in, in the end, to a t-test. So it's very basic actually, in the beginning. Uh, the examples are also on the, on the, on the web pages I showed you. Uh, for the exams, I, I, I choose a multiple choice uh, exam uh, because I, I integrated uh, SPSS with, uh, with, with um, statistical theory. Um, and uh, I, I have about 500 students a year, so I thought it would be wise, wise thing to, uh, to move over to multiple choice. Uh, what I did, I, 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 uh, I came up with, with about 25 questions about how to uh, analyze um, data and how to interpret and how to write about it. That is all in these uh, multiple choice questions. Well, the question that is before question number five is about how to run a regression model. I learned them how to do it. And when they, when they produced uh, the uh, regression uh, parameters, then I asked them to say something about it. But th this is one about the central limit theory I, uh, I talked about. Uh, I asked them uh, that uh, whether, whether it is correct that someone replies that, uh, uh, that the, the effect in the, in the regression analysis they found using a sample, whether it is also true that it exists in the, in the population as a whole. So they, they have to know about the central limit theory and how it works. And then um, the right answer is that uh, they have to take a look at the t-value because that is decisive uh, here. But, not the sample or uh, the size of the samples. So they, they have to be actually uh, quite, uh, they have to know about how, how the central limit theory works. Um, then, uh, uh, I like to, to end this presentation, I like to say something about um, uh, um, the, uh, the, the number of lectures, the number of hours that, that, that is involved uh, when I talk about the introductionary course in statistics for mixed ability. Uh, uh, students. Uh, in, in, in our department, we have a nine-week schedule. So we have lectures for two hours a week. Uh, 90 minutes are about the theory, uh, not really the statistical theory, but things like I, I showed you when I talk about the, the, the age distribution. And then uh, 30 minutes are on the assignments, because I, 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 I would like to give, give them feedback on what they actually did, and what they did wrong, and what they did right. Uh, and I talk about these assignments, which are take-home assignments, and they take about three hours' work for them. They can do it at home. Uh, they have these SPSS files and so on. They uh, can download it from the web pages. Um, just to walk you through uh, um, the introduction. Because week one is an introduction to descriptive statistics only. There is no inferential statistics involved. Uh, and I talk a little bit about SPSS. It's completely new for them. And uh, then uh, the, the weeks after, weeks two and three, are about SPSS training only. I, I then use the, the book about on the menu, on the menu. 
And uh, after these weeks, well, they asked me, why do I have to push these buttons? And I say, okay, that's indeed four. Because I, I, um, I, we discussed the, graph, uh, the graphical dis, uh, descriptions of quality, uh, qualitative and quantitative variables. So about a pie chart, maybe you heard them, histograms and, bot, uh, and box plots and stuff like that. And week five uh, is for numerical uh, descriptions of these exact same data and variables. Talk about a median, talk about a mean, a modus, mode, uh, um, uh, variation. And then in week six, it becomes a little bit more complex for them because I'm going to talk about the relationship between uh, uh, qualitative variables. So talk about cross tables. Uh, then we have the relationship between two quantitative variables. That then I talk about regression analysis, Pearson correlation coefficient, that sort of uh, things. And then uh, I move over to something that's a little bit odd in the, in the picture here. It's, uh, it's about Likert scales. It's about summing variables. Um, uh, they, they need it because parallel to this uh, introductionary course, there is a uh, course running that uh, they, they, uh, they are trained to get, a to, to, uh, uh, to get a data themselves. They have to take a sample from our uh, population language and uh, with a structured questionnaire. So they bring in their own data. That's not a course that runs with it. And uh, uh, they have to write a paper about these data they gather. And then this introduction course, of course, comes in quite handy. And uh, week nine is uh, um, for uh, a summary and for preparation for the exams. Um, I also um, like to show you, just to end this presentation, with a follow-up course in statistics that's second grade. Uh, there is a slight difference between uh, the, the introduction course because I extend the hours a little bit more. I, I lecture for two hours a week on the theory and two hours a week are um, dedicated to the science. They become a bit, bit more lengthy and um, um, it's, it's, I think it's, it's wise to, uh, to put in some, some more time uh, there. Well, we have, uh, this time we, we talk about inferential statistics. This, um, from this um, um, uh, course I took the uh, um, the example from the age distribution, and I took also the one sample t-test for a mean from that particular course. Then we have a sample t-test on uh, proportions, comparing two means, maybe a quintuple paired and unpaired, uh, the analysis of variances, the cross tables again, linear regression analysis again, and multivariate regression analysis. So that's the content of that more advanced, well, uh, for them it's quite advanced uh, statistical course. Again, the, the, the percentage of passing the, the exams are quite high, about 90%. Okay, I think uh, I, I talked long enough. Um, I, uh, to, to wrap it up, statistics to make stability and less enthusiastic students. I think it's, uh, uh, it's when, when, you, when you talk about square plates and round holes, I, do, I don't think it's, uh, it, that is true. Uh, one can even teach very rather complex statistics to these students. Uh, when one takes into consideration the topics that uh, are popular in their own research group, just to get their attention and uh, show how statistics can be a useful, uh, a useful tool. And I think it's wise to avoid uh, mathematics as much as possible, because that, that is something that, that, that is just too much for them. And, and they, actually, they don't need it. And uh, with the use of weekly assignments with a clear link to the field of interest, with, and I use SPSS as a workhorse, work and um, yeah, I, I think this is this, this schedule uh, can be uh, helpful for these uh, kind of students. Okay, with this uh, last one, I uh, I like to end my uh, my presentation for today. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you.